0: Me 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 me. Welcome to the Loregoys, <laughs> your place for all things magic Vorthos, yeah. told in a funny and compelling way. My name is Justin. I'm Zach. I'm Yosh, and we are your hosts today. Ms. Michelle is still on vacation. Definitely not trapped in the chain veil. She is not trapped in the va- uh, chain veil. She is making her way downtown, walking downtown. fast. Oh, so. Magic
1: story, we got a really good story yeah. this week. Funny how that one author that did all those awesome stories in Sh- uh, Eldritch Moon returns and writes another awesome story. And lo and behold, they weren't around for all of Kaladesh. They were noticeably <laughs> absent for Kaladesh. Unexpectedly uh, absent. We are
0: talking, of course, about Ken Troop, uh, who wrote The Hand That Moves. And or, the, the that or the Nissa the Trips balls, the Nissa the Trips balls.
1: And Zach, do you want to give us an overview of what happened in in this week's story? Sure. So Nyssa is wandering the streets of Noctium, and every time she closes her eyes, she gets stabbed by the pain of all the mana in the world being pushed into this one city. And so she stands there, and does the thing where like you poke a bruise. Like she closes her eyes, feels the pain, opens them again, closes them, opens them closes them and like does that for like five minutes she literally like there's a, a quote where she's just blinking repeatedly it's it's like someone just like walking up to another person and poking them in the bruise and it was it was very silly i didn't think it was necessary but she's you know very attuned to the world and noticing that there's a real problem and the ley lines have been corrupted well yeah specifically they've, they've been redirected and there's this there's this quality to them that indicates that they've been manipulated and there's this this poisonous aspect to them. Yeah, the
0: they're, they're normally endless I'm quoting from the story, mm-hmm. they're normally endless lines of pulsing mana, but on this world they were concentrated into Noctamon. and then in the city they were strong, but that strength came with a cost. A dark virulent strain wove its way through the ley lines. This was not the deadening corruption of the Eldrazi. It had a vitality the Eldrazi lacked. The pulsing darkness interlaced through and around the Mana, a python
1: choking its prey. There's a lot of references to Nicol Bolas as kind of a snake thing in this one. Uh, there, there's several places where she references Bolas' influence on this world. And each time he's this kind of snake-like uh, influence, which is interesting. Uh, this is clearly Bolas' uh, uh manipulation of the ley lines you know he's directed it all into this city though we get a little more we get a little more insight into bolus's intent with Amonket. Nissa's is wandering through the city and she's looking for kefnet's temple you know it's it's pretty visible and she comes across this this statue of kefnet himself uh with it's his rounded ibis beak staring at her and she flips out and falls to the ground even though it's just a statue she walks down and, and into the uh, temple itself, and there's some kid sitting at a desk, reading a book. And she's like, people? And the guy's like, hmm, who are you? And then reveals himself to be a very weak telepath. Which is interesting, because this is the first time we've actually encountered telepaths in any of the stories ever. It might give reason to why Temet was able to withstand, quote unquote, Jace in the last one, Mm -hmm. last story. Mm -hmm. But it's also kind of irritating because Jace is supposed to be this uber telepath and they're just taking away Jace's specialness with each coming episode. (laughs) Anyway, so she she brushes past him. Rant alert. (laughs) (laughs) And has another moment of introspection where she thinks about how everywhere she goes, there's always badness in the world there's you know blight and uh terrible deceit like in an amon cat and she's like maybe it's not that the world sucks maybe it's just i suck (laughs) and i'm like god damn your egocentrism you do not bring the blight the world is not evil because you exist in it the word blight really stuck out to me this is
0: a word that I know from this storyline back in Origins. The eye blights were what
1: the uh, Lorwyn elves referred to the uh, Bogarts as. And then there's a lot of blight going on in uh, Zendikar, you know, with the Eldrazi causing literal blight. There's blight herder so on. So it's, is uh, blight the appearance of
0: like an unnatural asymmetrical appearance?
1: Uh, blight is a kind of a plague word. It's, it's some negative outside influence that's affecting something. It's a, always a negative thing, and it could be plague, uh, disease, or just a bad omen. I just go back to the card Eye Blight Assassin. Mm-hmm. That's a, yeah, an elf that gives a thing minus one, minus one. Yeah,
0: and the there's another card that gives all non-elf creatures minus two,
1: minus two until the end of turn. But there's like Incremental Blight, which is from original uh, Morning Tide. Which is, you know, the the reverse uh, cone of flame, where it's minus one, minus one counters, or reverse uh, cone of creatures. And it's it's a good card, but um, yeah, blight is generally used to refer to uh, disease in Magic, so uh, Nissa, of course, picks up on that word and and attempts to blame herself for all the problems of the multiverse, which is ludicrous. Mm -hmm. Uh, She did at one point have a small affinity for black mana, but it's never really been realized and she's moved into blue. Uh, I doubt she'll be picking up black anytime soon, as blue is already a cool enough addition and she gets to do fun things with it. And I I think this
0: is the story where... There's a compelling reason for her to
1: acquire Blue after yes. she completes the trial. It's, it's a compelling reason for her to have already acquired Blue. Like She actually puts uh, those powers to use during this trial. Uh, speaking of which, she walks past the youth into the room <laughs> and enters the trial of knowledge. And immediately upon doing so, she gets plunged into a vision. And in this vision, she sees... Uh, Emrakul, as the angel Amiria, come down and start spewing quotes from the original Eldritch Moon story. I can do anything I want, anything at all. Remember that. And Nissa's flipping out and tripping balls, and uh, <laughs> she's like, "Where am I?" She'd been doing something, and she's just going like chaining nightmares into each other, as like all these bad things are happening to her, and she's you know. She's underwater. She's getting paralyzed. She has snakes coming out of her eye sockets. As one does. <laughs> it's a really bad trip. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> and they all related to Emrakul, or now that is just part of one of them?
1: Emrakul's only in, in a, a one or two um, before Nyssa realizes what's going on. Uh, she f- figures out... Oh, she she starts having this dichotomy in her brain where she's got one primal side that's just reacting to what's going on and trying to you know fight it, but there's another side that's like stop, think, real, be self aware and realize what's going on. And this is the, the first split we see where she's actually got her green side and, and her, her blue, blue side, <laughs> yeah. And so she figures out that she's trapped in some sort of illusion. And as she does, the, the fog on her mind recedes a bit. She remembers that she is in the trial of knowledge. And she's like, wow, this is some, some heavy-duty magic. Yes. And uh, she figures out through through her understanding of the way magic works, which is another more blue thing. Uh, blue's uh, the color that classically understands how magic functions, and that's how they have counter spells and so on. But she's always had kind of an affinity for that with her... Uh, interactions with ley lines. So she looks into the trap around her and sees the way the magic is weaved and plucks at it and pulls it open and steps out of the
0: illusions. And the reaction of that is the illusions around her become more intense and they start calling her name and begging her to open her eyes. and all she has
1: to do is open her eyes. All, they yeah, can, they all can get she in. has to do is open her, her eyes. But no, she rips it open and. Now she realizes she's in, well, she's in what is technically another illusion, but she's, she's gotten out of this trap. So
0: she sees another she yeah. sees another dark snake.
1: Well, at this point, she allows the, the good illusions to start happening, the ones that give her valuable information, the reward for the trial of knowledge. Um, and she sees another snake image winding its way around the world of Amonquet. Uh, Giant, giant snake, you know, classic. It it actually evokes some uh, Quetzalcoatl uh, imagery, which would be interesting when we're going to Mesoamerican Ixalan in the fall. But uh, it's, it's clearly Nicol Bolas, and he looks around the world and says, They would take away my power. They would take away what makes me me. This I will not abide. For what I require, I would drain every world. I would devour every single one. But I start here. Mm. And so that's the intention
0: of Nico Bolas is to start consuming. Well,
1: all this tells us is that this is the first plan he set into motion after the events of the mending. This is when everything is going to hell for Bolas. And he's like, God damn it, these damn fool planeswalkers are stealing my God powers. I gotta start doing things to, you know, put some fail safes in place.
0: And to ground that into the events of the mending, mm-hmm. that's when
1: all of the planeswalkers basically got nerfed. Yes. And when all their sparks were sacrificed to fix the fabric of the universe, and when they were returned, they were just powerful mages instead of walking gods. Okay. Cool. And so she sees Nicol Bolas interact with the world and the world screams and then she goes to another vision and she looks up in space and sees eight stars which are representing the eight gods and once again Bolus's influence weaves through and darkness separates the gods and three of the stars wink out so three gods are, are gone and the remaining five weave themselves into classic Nicol Bolas head horn shape.
0: <laughs> that is a connection I didn't make when I was reading the story. Yeah. I only saw...
1: It's a lot of very, like, funky illusion
0: going on here. And that shape that it makes, the eight on its side, is
1: that the, infin- like, infinity symbol? Well, that, that's basically just a... That, that's an irrelevant shape. That's to separate them into two groups, and the group of three uh, dies okay. or disappears. Okay. Winks out, as the words were. Sure. Next up, she gets a vision of a bunch of mummies mining Lazatep. Hundreds of mummies digging out this, this blue ore that we know is used for um, cartouches to you know, control the mummies, but looks to have some greater purpose. One more vision. We see three young children before a barrier. The heckma it appears. No, that divides the city from the sand. And the children kind of look at each other and then step through the barrier and are immediately swallowed by the sand. So these three children could easily also be representing those three gods that Mm -hmm. disappeared. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, And for all we know, those gods could still be alive, just swallowed by the desert. Or just, yeah, they walked out of the city into the desert. Exactly. So if Nissa fixes the ley lines and allows them to resume their normal course, they may revitalize these three gods. And we may get them in Hour of Devastation. Who knows? (laughs) Next up, we see a young man stumbling through a garden of statues and... Nicol Bolas or some unknown entity is roaring at him from outside. Uh, there, there, there's a bunch of these visions that are all hinting at a bunch of things. This story episode is dripping with uh, foreshadowing, <laughs> just like tying in a bunch of things. There, there's some some thought that this may be Ashiok, but it isn't. Um, for one, uh, wizards would never go back and gender an, a, a purposefully ungendered character. Mm-hmm. Uh, they would never just say, young man is now Ashiok.
0: Has Ashiok always been genderless? Yes. Or at one time, did they prefer a certain...
1: Uh, we know very little about Ashiok, except that not even Phoenix, the god of deception on Theros, could figure out Ashiok's gender identity. Okay. So Ashiok just... Ashiok's Ashiok. Ashiok do what Ashiok wants. So
0: there was a mighty roar from somewhere outside the garden, and then there was another shift. And Nissa
1: saw a world She sees all the worlds. Well, not all of them, but thousands of them stretching back. And it appears that these are all the worlds that Bolas has interacted with. Because his line of shadow wraps through them. And amonket is supposedly at the front of this line. So maybe it's it's representative of his many plans and how this one is finally coming to fruition. Who knows? But it looks. I like the idea that it's all the worlds that he's that we're gonna see the reveal of all the worlds that he's had a hand in. Because you know he was he was there for Zendikar, uh, Mirrodin, uh, Alara, just like all these planes. He's he's had a he's dipped his finger into, and this is kind of his his shadowy uh, influence. So she is standing on the Amaket plane, yes, looking
0: back. Back. At all of the different worlds and she sees all of the thousands of different worlds that Nico Bolas has had his finger in mm-hmm. and his dark line that runs through these worlds all the way back to the beginning
1: yes though we don't know what any of these worlds are she doesn't say she just sees them next up another important vision she sees a large golden disc this is looks the like one the i remember <laughs> yeah this is the one uh this one this one is the most clear of all the uh of all the visions uh, and there's another disc and the two discs come together and they're both, you know, sun shaped. And when they come together, they break. Clearly this is, this is a reference to the hour of devastation being when the second sun of Amonket reaches the space between the bolus horns and the, the suns line up and he unleashes hell on Amonket. But you know, th- th- it'd be good for Nissa to figure that out. After that, she just gets a bunch of images. And this is where things get even more interesting. Because the five images she gets are a fizzling torch, a broken clock with a clean face, a mummified head facing backwards atop a mummified body, a split tree, its sap oozing into the ground, and a shattered shield, its shiny metallic pieces torn and scattered. So in order, that is Chandra, Jace liliana nissa and gideon
0: interesting
1: so this is this is uh, a, For a premonition of some doom headed the gatewatch's way <laughs> but da, da, da. uh yeah how i like that symbolism a lot how did you connect those uh nissa being a tree and then Gideon being a shield, and yeah. Then I kind of like worked backward, and I was like, "Well, there's there's Torch. fire." Torch is pretty uh, straightforward. And then there's a, a zombie. So the last one must be Jace, and I can kind of see how he's the broken clock with a clean face. Like he's his memories are gone, his past is gone, right? But you know he looks fine.
0: And what and the Liliana reference the mummified the mummy. head facing a back a backward atop a mummified body? She, she's a little back-asswards. Well, is she mm-hmm. looking backwards? maybe it's in reference to her body facing forward and moving forward but her space being in the past with her demons
1: mm. and with the her chain literal veil. demons <laughs> yeah. yeah and uh, the raven man it's certainly some very interesting symbolism that i'm sure we'll get some revealed of in time but we can definitely delve into it and and figure some things out so before we move
0: on and for our listeners mm-hmm. not only is this story Very short in comparison to many of the other stories that we've seen, both on Kaladesh and on Amonkhet, but it's
1: really dense. Oh, yeah. Like this is this is like we've been going into this and actually reading passages because there's so much to the exact words. Uh, often line by line, I have yeah. the story in front of me, and I'm like, "Oh, flag that! Oh, flag that! Yeah,
0: uh, this is this
1: is great. This is this is a
0: high quality story. Very high quality. When when we're going through all of these uh, images that represent the different members of the the gatewatch, are is this a snapshot of the present, or is this? A foreshadowing of things to come, or maybe a bit of
1: both? Both. We're definitely seeing things that have happened with the gods and so on. But yeah, generally the way these passages work is you get past stuff and then either present or future stuff towards the end. Which, lastly, we've got something that very much hints at the events of our devastation and some, some hitherto unknown cool stuffs. So lastly, she sees a falling dragon... Giants covered in metallic blue and a flash of light consuming the world. So, one, there's a falling dragon. That 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 could mean a variety of things. That could mean Bolas is going down, mm-hmm. though I hope not because Bolas is sweet. It could mean that Bolas comes after Ugin uh who joins or be, you know becomes uh sort of affiliated with the gate watch because you know most of the gate watch was just referenced in those images. Is Ugin dead or alive? <laughs> he's alive. Okay. <laughs> <Is> <laughs> he, he was alive sort of dead and then he was sleeping. No, he's very alive. Okay. And I kind of pissed at Jace for being an arrogant SOB. But then we've got giants covered in metallic blue, which I really like as an alternative mm. use for Lazatep. If you look at the the spoiled Packaging for Hour of Devastation.
0: Maybe it was the Giants who played oh, a, a ton of pre release events over the last weekend and they collected all of the four sided dies and were able to create like an armor. This four sided <laughs> dies are supposed to be Lazapeth. So they. Or lazatep. The, all right, so. Lazatep.
1: <laughs> so in the, in the spoiled, well, accidentally spoiled packaging leak of Hour of Devastation, one of the images is Nickel Bolas, of course. And the other is this blue metallic mummy with a bolus horn staff. Hmm. Yeah. So this could very well be the creature or some of the giants Nissa sees in her vision. That He's got this uh, anointed army to mine Lazatep to create this inanimate battle droid army. That he was hoping to transport through the planner bridge Tezzeret was after on Kaladesh. Because if they're inanimate, they can move through it. Uh, the line is giants
0: that are covered in in a metallic blue, and the packaging that you're referencing are a, a like a skeletons that are composed of a blue crystalline structure.
1: Yeah. Well, it it it's actually uncertain as to whether or not that is armor or a plating over like an anointed. Okay. Cuz like if that was if that was just an anointed and it's just like blue metallic overcoating that's, you know, made of lazatep, perhaps that could help with the transporter. Perhaps this is just like his Uber power armor that he's been mining. We don't know. It's just really cool. <laughs> and the uh, well with the packaging
0: spoiled and this is a bit of a tangent so forgive me but the packaging spoiled also spoiled the set or what we thought was going to be the next set after hour of devastation which is atlazon right it is now ixalon it's now ixalon we knew
1: that the the name wasn't set in stone at that point but we did see art from ixalon and hour of conquest which is also likely to get renamed um, or yeah, it was called At- Atlason, and now it is Ixalan. So there's no confusion over whether it's Atlantis World or not because they are saving that for Return of the.
0: Going going on based on that change, how likely is it that the characters that we've seen on the packaging, with the exception of Bolus, because we know for sure that Bolus is going to appear in Hour of there Devastation, will, there will be no
1: change. Like the arts they they send out for these packaging, the art isn't changing. Okay, that those are like 100% commissioned art pieces that have happened. They okay. can't just like fabricate those. So we're definitely getting Vraska in uh uh Ixalan, and we're definitely getting a Johnny in the second set of Ixalan block.
0: Okay. We also, after we see the the giants covered in metallic blue stomping through the streets, uh, Yosh Zach, did you have any more
1: thoughts to share on that? No, I I just I I like the idea of giant blue Uber Giants on Ammon So
2: that's an interesting point. Oh, well, that makes me think of two things. One is that. If, you know, we're talking about the planar bridge, you know, I had, that, I had that thought after our last episode of like, what if all these mummies were going to be sent through the planar bridge? And that was like, what was the lies beyond the gates that we were talking about last oh, the time? the gates yeah. of the afterlife? Yeah. Like the gates of the afterlife. <laughs> oh, and then, you know, we well, are going that, to go to this yeah. afterlife, but really I'm going to send you to like take out this other plane or something. Mm. But, you know, is the undead considered by, you know organic material
1: exactly i would say yes which would be why the the lazatep is the the key component Mm -hmm. because then it you know fools the machine it's like the uh the the trans the time machines in uh terminator where you have to have organic on the outside but they're machine on the inside Mm -hmm. Mm
2: -hmm. (laughs) so maybe or maybe somehow i wonder how razaketh is involved like maybe there's that you know there's that last culling where like razaketh is killing some of the mummies but some of them are getting through Maybe that. Well, I think
1: like... Razaketh is killing the the living beings. He's purging the. Uh,
2: uh, oh, I thought the, so. I thought there was like the unworthy the, living. I thought you know there were the worthy that got to be mummies, but then there was a second culling, right? Well, As so, they go through the gates, the
1: worthy never get to be mummies. The worthy get, um, they they get uh, immolated by Hazaret. They get literally. She takes her bident, stabs him in the face and stomach with it. And sets them ablaze. She turns them into a pile of ash. That's that's a worthy worthy death. But yeah. all the initiates and so on that die during the training become the anointed, the the, the undead uh, mummies. Well, what about the final reward? I thought the
0: those that pass the trial of uh, what is it? Trial of zeal. I I I know that uh, Hazaret kills them. But it's not clear to me that she emulates them, and then mm. they become ashes. Okay, it, it it it's it seems like they're they're like between the the glorious afterlife to
1: use the yes. uh, uh, terms from the story. Yeah, I was wondering about that as well. It might not be the that anointed. They, they might not uh, turn to ash specifically because you're right. They do have the literal body and uh, a transport. Like they send boats down to you know, through the gates of the afterlife. Yeah, maybe perhaps they're stuffed somewhere
0: special. So there's <laughs> there's like a refrigerator, a really large refrigerator on the plane. They're
1: like a luxury sarcophagi.
0: Right. Where where all the grade <laughs> A meat is <Corpses>. yeah. <laughs> it's, it's being stored for, for future use. And guarded what, by Razakath.
2: And if the Lazat ha- controls controls the mummies, then you imagine if they go down and instead of embalming you normally and giving you a, a medallion of lazatep they just like coat you in Lazitap. then they can totally control you right yeah
1: like wolverine oh man that'd be pretty sick yeah what if what if all the mummies are the worthy dead yeah. what if they're the ones getting the the lazatep treatment, treatment. <laughs> ah jinx we're on the same page
2: the other thing you made me think of when you said giant uh blue giants uh uh-huh. Was like X-Men and like what were the uh the things that came the to sentinels. fight us? Sentinels. sentinels? Yeah. yeah. Just imagine like sentinels suddenly descending <laughs> oh, on man. and then starting to fight the gate watch. The gate like, the Avengers are intruders. having their Sentinels. <laughs> <laughs>
1: we're, we're crossing the streams. Yeah. I love it. So finally, after nissa gets through all those flashes, Emrakul comes down one more time and is like Making a bunch of uh, chess references. Are you a pawn or a queen? And Nissa's like, yes, I'm a queen. No. (laughs) (laughs) You know it, girl. (laughs) (laughs) And it's implied that uh, Emrakul has left a lasting influence on Nissa. Because we've never had the relationship between Emrakul and Nissa explained. Because way back in the day, before Nissa... uh, awakened her spark she was called to the teeth of a coom by Mm. emrakul and so emrakul shows up and is like hey nissa rocks her brain and nissa gets the hell out of there but ever since then we've never really never really delved into that
0: well and then on eldritch moon emrakul takes possession of Mm nissa and speaks through her this was referenced earlier in the story, where Nissa's like these were these were not just Emmercool's words; these were these were my words
1: too. And so, Emmercool's influence—actual card—tells Nissa to stop being a piece, be the hand that moves. So there may be some uh, Nissa mutiny coming in the future. Perhaps we'll see. Emmercool's influence is is very interesting on how it how it's impacting Nissa, but eventually. Uh, Kefnet realizes there's some outside interference and jumps in and uh, dismisses... Well, uh, Emmercool takes off just beforehand, but Kefnet shows up and is like, Who the hell up in my trial? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Nyssa has a little chat with him, and he's about to d- totally destroy her brain. And she realizes he's made of ley lines, that all the gods are made of channeled magic of like the rest of the world pulled into these beings, which is great. It was one of the theories we had about their origins in the first place, but it confirms it now that they are beings of ley lines. And because Nyssa's got ley line magic powers, she hacks the god and writes in some code that says, don't kill Nyssa. And Kefnut's like, you pass the trial. See you later. And takes off. And the story ends. And that's it. (laughs) Because <laughs> <laughs> Nissa's this is hacker woman now.
0: There, well, there, it closes with uh, a nostalgic No, well, not nostalgic. It more of a refrain. Mm-hmm. Of, Be the hand that moves. Yeah, and then then the story ends. This this story is when this story ended. I was like, no, the,
1: <laughs> give me more. Of Ken rest? Troop. <laughs> where's the rest of the story, Ken Troop? Yeah, it's like Nissa's got her own Raven Man, except it's Emmercool. This, this kind of floating-in-the-back-of-your-head influence that's telling you to do things a certain way or that's affecting your actions.
0: But Emrakul's sealed in the moon.
1: But Emrakul's seal, sealed in the moon. Sorry, you can say that again.
0: But Emrakul... <laughs> One I more time. I don't know how it's... Emrakul. Em, Emrakul.
1: Cool. Miss Miss E. <laughs> Emmy. <laughs> Emmy. <laughs> <laughs> I'd give her an Emmy. Oh, God. Yeah, so Emrakul is in the moon, and uh, but she put herself there. So we don't know the extent to which Emrakul has control over things around her, because she, she took over Tamio and had Tamio invoke one of her ironbound spell books or spell scrolls to stick her in the moon. So... I mean, Emrakul could have a lot more power than we've been giving her credit for. And her storyline is certainly not over. Do you think
0: she may have, like, put a bug on Nissa?
1: (laughs) I think Nissa would have noticed a bug. She's very in tune with the nature. (laughs) Maybe Emrakul
2: is also the Raven Man has been in Liliana's brain the whole time.
1: God. No. (laughs) Uh, Obviously, Fibblethup is the Raven Man. Fibblethup. (laughs) Fibblethup. The the homunculus from Totally Lost. The most adorable, one of the most adorable magic cards of all time. Anyway, that was this week's story. It was awesome. It was jam-packed. So much information for the future. And we have just a few more Amoket stories and then only a two-week break before... Hour of Devastation begins. It's going to be sweet. I'm excited. Hell yeah. All right. Now we're going to take a quick commercial break. We'll be right back. Sweet.
2: Legendary. Love the color white. Indestructible. It is solidarity. It is... Pure. True. A fragrance for ease and comfort. Goddess. Cool, yet light. Never waver. Crisp, yet gentle. Become the storm. Once you understand yourself, you will succeed as one and walk among the people. Worship. Wish to be wise, then study. Wish to be strong, then train. Patience. Wish to rest, then start again.
0: Persistence. Wish
2: to be long, then wear. Oh, Ketra. You don't have to be constructed playable to make a lasting first impression. Wear. Oh, Ketra. Oh, Ketra. Oh, Ketra.
1: on it <laughs> okay oh, man what are we talking about in this next We're Talking one? about garrick garrick all right are so, we ready to
2: is, is this rogues gallery yeah. again yep. or is this just is this like rogues gallery planeswalker facebook <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh spacebook i guess space,
0: <laughs> space are we recording yeah oh that last sponsor by the way oketra fragrances smells delicious smells really Really
2: S- smells like lots of people all together in a room. Really?
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, all wearing Oketra <laughs> It, it Smells like meth. And solidarity. <laughs> it smells like math.
1: Meth. Combat math. <laughs> Combat math, yes.
2: Double strike math. It smells <laughs> uh, yeah. like Double anthems. Math. Speaking of which I three I would my first draft by first speaking ok- Oketra. Nice. That- Congratulations. <laughs> Brute to victory then, right there. And then getting Oketra's monument. Oh,
1: W- was that actually good for you? Because I'm. Um, th- yeah. Well,
2: when you have a, t- if you just draft all white weenies and then get the trial of solidarity. <laughs> yep. If you go and, wide. Like, yeah, and you just go super wide zombies. Sick. Works out pretty. Good. A white bunch
1: zombies. Of, I love it.
0: Bunch of uh, uh, cartouches.
2: Uh, I got one cartouche. I ended up well, so I did some white, then I did some green, and then blue was super open, and I got past the Temet and two Aven windows. Oh gallows, my so gosh! Yeah. So Living then, the dream. Yeah. It
0: sounded like my. Absolutely busted last pool uh, uh, seal deck for pre-release. Mm. It was just ludicrous. It was amazing. The, the <laughs> embalm creatures. I think the cat is overrated personally. Cat is bad, but the rest of the embalm creatures are really good. If you've got a lot yeah, of embalm synergies. totally.
1: They're because they're all just like playable rates. Like they're, you're not yeah. paying anything extra to get the embalm ability on the creature. It's just great. It's all really good. But yeah. So. Our next segment. Sealed shop top. Uh, shop shop, shop top. talk. Blah, talk.
2: Sarcoffee talk, but.
1: Oh,
0: sar-to- No, sar- we're the sarcophag guys. Sar- oh, sarcophag guys. We're the sarcophag guys.
2: I'm trying to say sarcophag talk. I like it. Talk,
0: I'm going to have to say that 10 sar- times sar- over again.
2: Sarcophagi.
0: guys. sarcophagi, guys. sarcophagi. guys. guys. Hey, hey. Come on down
1: to uh, sarcophagi. That's right. <laughs> and getting sealed in sarcophagi. And
0: making inappropriate comp. Mens.
1: <laughs> <laughs> anyway, anyway, we're gonna jump in with our next segment, our continuing recurring segment, the Magic Multiverse Rogues Gallery. On today's agenda, Garrick. Oh Rogues Gallery. <laughs> bad guys. <laughs> True. Oh, <Ketra>. Death. <laughs> anyway, this to be a Bantu.
2: Bantu.
1: <laughs> <laughs> hey, we don't know Bantu's a bad lady. She just happens to be black.
0: I don't know. Is Relentless in the script for the Oketra? No. Oh.
1: What a charming (laughs)
0: afterthought that was. Anyway. So,
1: (laughs) Garrick, the biggest, beefiest dude in all of the multiverse, standing at approximately eight feet tall, about 700 pounds of pure muscle, this dude. Has been benching five five beasts since before we were born. Before you were born,
0: all of us. <laughs> <laughs> Shade.
1: Uh, oh. Garrick was, <laughs> he was a member of the original Lorwyn five. The first Yosh, five. Did you planes. flip uh, your hair? I hope you flipped your hair <laughs> with that. Yeah. <sighs> okay, Are we done? Yeah. Garrick was a member of the original Lorne Five, the first five Planeswalkers that were ever uh, put into Magic, and he was one of the most powerful. His uh, affinity with mana allows him to to untap lands, and his uh, hunter play style allows him to summon beasts. You know, big classic three threes. You know, green uh, girthy dudes, as <laughs> one does. And uh...
2: <laughs> is Beast an actual nickname for somebody out in the subculture?
1: I think Garrick is just... If there's one word that sums up Garrick, it's girth. Girth, okay. Really? Yes. <laughs> let that just sit right <laughs> just, there. just let that sink in. Yeah. Just let that, let that deep inside of you. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so over the years, Garrick. So, you know if you do
0: arms and chest like five days a week and you never do legs how you become top-heavy. <laughs> like, you've got skinny sprinter legs, legs on legs bottom. legs are
1: even bigger than his arms. But does he use the roids? No, actually. He just uses a growth magic with hormone. chain veil. <laughs> growth <laughs> magic hormone. And in fact, he did have a run-in with the chain veil at one point. He did. Garrick's story has evolved a bit over the years. He, he originally just kind of Jumped onto the scene with the rest of the gang, but um, he he got slowly bigger over the years. Like each each of his arts shows him in sequentially more swollitude as he you know goes up in mana cost and just generally gets uh thicker and creates uh, bigger beasts. <laughs> what Justin? <laughs> I just think we are still like locked into. Look, the it's really the... hard to describe Garrick without the... talking about his like physical amplitude.
0: I actually think it's really easy to talk about Garrick, but per one of our previous conversations about being very robustly attracted to Garrick, <laughs> I think that might be leaking into your description.
1: I just think Garrick is an excellent design and I love playing with him. <laughs> God yeah, yeah. damn it. <laughs> There's no winning here. It's just <laughs>
0: that the Freudian slips keep coming. Uh,
1: anyway, the next story, he so really can you have a man crush. It's all right, Zach. I mean, I am Gideon, so I guess I can have a crush on Garrick. It, it'll work out. But so the next story, he appears. I don't think it will. Uh, He'll kill you. Uh, the next story he <laughs> appears in. Thank you very much. Very well, then. Is the Innistrad storyline, the original Innistrad, where he's been. Uh, oh, no, sorry. He was on Chandelar. With his beast, the classic fantasy world that's not Dominaria, but it's very, very generic fantasy. It's cool. And Liliana had just stumbled across the chain veil uh, at Kothafed's behest. And as she's walking along, making her merry way out of the uh, Onaki tombs where she found it, she comes across a 3-3 beast. And she murders it, as Liliana does. And Garrick's like, whoa, you did not just murder my beast! And so he jumps on her and they get in a fight and she transfers the curse of the chain veil onto him. And he is, he grows sickly and he, you know, passes out and she takes off and he's getting afflicted with black mana and he's trying to summon his beasts, but they're all um, grotesque undead things. And they're, they're rotting away and he's, he's having a tough time he has become Garrick the veil cursed.
0: For further listening, by the way, the professor has this, a professor of Tolarian Community College, mm-hmm. has this excellent in depth analysis at Liliana versus Garrick, on huh. one of his uh, lore channels, and I highly recommend it. He goes in, in depth in who would have actually won the fight.
1: I mean, seven mana Garrick ticks up to kill a Planeswalker, but this is before that time. Anyway, so he manages to overcome a certain amount of the curse and makes his way off plane, but the the infection has started to get to his mind and he's become suffused with black mana. So he's now an even split. He's black green.
0: Uh real quick, the Garrick Flip Planeswalker card. Yes. Garrick uh, Relentless
1: into Garrick the Vale cursed.
0: That was the first planeswalker flip card.
1: Yes. And also the first planeswalker with more than four loyalty abilities. So uh he, he becomes a little uh, unhinged and he starts to realize that he hasn't really been hunting the biggest game this whole time because the most dangerous prey is planeswalkers, planeswalkers. You're done. <laughs> <laughs> and so in the events of Magic 2015, if it's Gary revealed that to he's were to have been,
0: a cologne, you would open it up and it would be like, raw, <laughs> and then you would close it. <laughs>
1: you just smell it and just instantly grows your biceps by like three or four times. You're just like, Dush. oh, okay then. <laughs> it's it's growth magic. And hormone. you develop a hunger uh-huh.
0: for planeswalker
1: meat. Exactly. Delicious. Uh-huh. Uh, but so, in the events of Magic 2015, he's been hunting planeswalkers, namely Vronos, this awesome, cool Esper walker that we never get to see because from moment one, Garrick murders him. Just straight giant axe, chops him to bits. And uh, uh, Jace and some other people have a little bit of a problem with this because being planeswalkers, they don't really want to get hunted by this uh, giant murder dude. And uh, through the the, the events of Magic 2015 story, uh, Jace gets a hold of Omnixilus's Hedron, and using Avi'son's magic, manages to implant it in in Garrick and slow down the curse so it's no longer affecting him, turning him evil. But he still has this black mana component to him. And so, while he's no longer being taken over by it, he has come to terms with it. And he's like, you know what? I'm not going to kill you but I do really like killing planeswalkers. This isn't some compulsion from the curse. This is this is what I like doing now. So, uh, Jace, if you ever come near me again, I will murder your face. And Jace is like, "Yeah, I believe it," and gets the hell out of there. And that's the last we've seen of Garrick for a while. But he is he he would be an excellent arch rival or or villain of some kind for the Gatewash to encounter.
2: Uh, what plane was this
1: on? Uh, this was. I think Inestrad or Chandelar, the the location they they met on wasn't particularly relevant. Okay. As it was just like a generic forest and Garrick sees through all of Jace's illusions and just like reaches out and grabs the real Jace by the throat and it's just like, Damn Garrick's pretty pretty boss. Um
2: and then when he gets the hedron in him, does it just stick it in his forehead like it was in... I
1: don't think it's in his forehead. I think it's just used to uh, to slow down okay. the curse. So he's not walking around with a hedron sticking out of him now? Correct.
2: Like okay. a
0: unicorn. Unicorn. Garrick. Garrickhorn. Garrick the unicorn. Roaming plains looking for prey. The best kind of prey. He hunts <sighs> the walkers. All over the multiverse, Garrick the unicorn coming for your booty, cause he's an apex predator. I love that this
1: turned into Star Wars Cantina. But, uh. but yeah, so Garrick is this extremely powerful individual. He has demonstrated the ability to overpower nearly every planeswalker he's encountered since he's been uh, strengthened by the curse, and he would present quite the challenge for the Gatewatch, especially since he would have no qualms about killing any or all of them. Neither would Nicol Bolas. <laughs> No, Nicol Bolas is, is the biggest baddest. Who would win in a fight here, Obnixlis or Garrick? Uh, why are we pitting the, the bad guys against each other? I mean, for, well, one, for realism's sake, we are never, ever going to have two bad guys pit against each other. Mazic's just got too big of a rogue gallery. There's just not enough. Like, we can't even tell enough story to get them... To get in through all the villains in a reasonable time frame, but for the sake of argument, yeah, if if we're on Obnixilus's home turf, if he's had time to set up and use his charisma to kind of like uh, entrench himself in a world, he wins. Okay, but if we're just, so just you know wandering through a forest or just like randomly. yeah random normal day, Obnixilus is doing his thing, and Garrick is a hunter and tracks him down and kills him. Garrick wins. Because okay. Garrett can better utilize the element of surprise because he's he's been used to that. Um, plus, I was I, just thinking
0: of remorseless punishment, but instead of the the Gatewatch minus Chandra in this black whirl of twisted, painful magic, just a big hulking
1: G- Garrett <laughs> He's just like sitting there Whee! with his arms crossed. He's like, "You're gonna let me down now." Just tickles. <laughs> <laughs> Are you done? <laughs> Yeah, he's just, he's, he is a terrifying dude because you have no idea how much damage he could actually put out. Like, he's, he's huge and it's surprisingly fast. And he's smart and he knows how to, how to entrap people and to, you know, get through their defenses and catch them when they're most unaware. Just so. can't
0: imagine him tracking a planeswalker down in a forest and the planeswalkers just wandering aimlessly about looking for their way and they're just looking and then they hear a crack behind them and they turn around like nothing's there and then they turn around again and there's Garrick
1: just hovering over them. Garrick is very much a, a Jason Voorhees style I know, villain. i to murder your booty. Really, Justin? <laughs> <laughs> Garrick, Garrick is the silent in the night Giant axe murder <laughs> you out of nowhere horror villain. Silent but deadly type. Why here. are we
0: having so much fun with this? <laughs> <laughs> you,
1: you guys are supposed to
0: be having this much fun with Garrick.
1: I think Garrick's fun. He's yeah. like literally every Garrick ever is in my cube because he's just great oh, and limited.
0: I'm showing so much restraint right now. <laughs> <laughs> Good. <laughs> Keep a handle on that. My first first deck ever constructed deck. Was when I started playing in Dark Ascension, mm-hmm. and it was a mono green deck, and it had the first Planeswalker I ov- ever opened. It was uh, Garrick, Caller of Beasts. Nice. And that's, that's six thought, mana
1: big Garrick. Yeah, so uh, good.
0: Uh, you, the one that makes three, three beasts. Oh, that's the five mana Garrick. Yes, five yeah. mana Garrick.
1: And I thought that Garrick was a good dude. Primal Hunter. He is a good dude. He was. He just uh, had a bit of a, a run-in with Liliana, and it messed him up pretty good.
0: Arguably, Garrick was not a good dude before he met Liliana, because depending on where one's own morals and ethics align, mm-hmm. like he would go out and kill for sport.
1: Sure. He was taking on the biggest things, but he never upset the ecosystem. That was his deal. You see, he was never. He was always taking on the biggest, baddest predators, and he didn't always kill them. Like he created beasts himself and he tamed them. He had he had his own beastly buddies, so he always contributed to the ecosystem. To Go out and seek and destroy to get other beasts. Mm-hmm. And that one time, Garrick uh, uh, Primal Hunter did have a bunch of worms. So he had worms. He had worms. Gross. He had six six worms equal to the number of lands you control. Bad Saiyan. fruit. <laughs> Bad fruit. But yeah, Garrick. Garrick was an interesting character. He was certainly different from most of the others and that he's more mono-green than anyone. Do we, know,
2: do we know his story, like how his spark ignited or anything?
1: Nope. We have very little it. backstory on Garrick. Okay. I was thinking that he was going to be the green-aligned planeswalker for the Gatewatch. He was, but he's green-black now, and they, that's why they had to do a little bit of stealth retconning with Nyssa. They had to kind of bring her into the fold uh, where there's enough design space that she can be printed regularly uh, for the Gatewatch. And also
0: the the Gatewatch plus a Johnny on Kaladesh. What, what was that card? There was like a portrait. They're they're all looking badass, and Ajani Johnny is like, "Rah!" Dramatic reversal. Yeah, it would be. It would, look, <laughs> it would look kind of weird with like Big Eric and Big Johnny in the same in the same frame. Garrick's even bigger than Johnny. So like
1: Johnny's like six foot six. Garrick's got a foot and a half on that dude.
0: So it wouldn't even capture the top of it. It would just be like Garrick's body. It would look like a, a grinder profile without just the what? without the head. It would just be all body.
1: Yeah, exactly. Or just like, a tinder you profile. You see just like the tips of his shoulders yeah, in the background. Yeah, just like all body. He's just like holding the axe across. Some people are into it. I don't think <laughs> Garrick could ever be a member of the Gatewatch. As much as I would love that. I just don't think he's he's really cut out for any sort of working together uh for a higher cause. He's very much set out to be a villain, right? So one now. night stand kind of guy.
2: I take it Garrick didn't know about the Eldrazi, right? Because wouldn't they be bigger game than playing
1: Oh And no, Garrick definitely didn't know about the Eldrazi. He'd be like, oh I gotta hunt them. How sick would that be, Garrick trying to take on the Eldrazi? I mean, he would die, but like it would be really cool <laughs> for a few seconds That He's just like mowing down uh like the, the regular spot and then just like taking on ten tens. And then he just like comes across the Titans and he's like, Well I guess that's it for me. See you later, guys. <laughs> They're not hard targets
0: to miss.
1: <laughs> Throws his axe, just like cuts it down the middle, but just regenerates because that's how Emerkel do. Yeah, but yeah, he's the he's the game big game hunter, not to be confused with big game hunter, which is a black card. Big game hunter, what? God damn it! <laughs> and there's the bell. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs>
0: see, I'm not the only one contributing. Well, I the, like
1: Garrick a lot. The Garrick, love I think best. he would be great to show up again soon, though he's not going to because Vraska's in Ixalan, and you know, black green planeswalkers aren't. going if he shows up particularly,
2: up, and I, I don't think they really like killing off planeswalkers, right? So,
1: yeah, if he shows I mean, up, somebody gonna die.
2: Yeah, unless they kill him first, because that's, that's the only way
1: that that's the only way this ends is like yeah. Garrick either kills them or they kill him. If they So get Garrick his is way. really,
2: he's like the bad guy from Highlander, right? I can't remember his name now.
1: Oh, man. Yeah, I know who you're talking about.
2: Right? Yeah. It's basically Garrick.
1: Uh, well, except not raping your women and killing your family. Okay. Still, still, he's more Jason Voorhees. Like, I could totally see okay. another, like, horror world where he's just like that, steps from behind and decapitates someone-style villain. Nice. I just totally... He's woo. lost in the fantasy world. <laughs> I am lost in the fantasy world. All right. Speaking of fantasy worlds, thank you for hanging out with us on the Lord Wifes. I'm one of your hosts, Zach. I'm Justin. I'm Yosh. And we will see you guys again next week.
0: And you can find us on Twitter. Yes, we're on Twitter oh at Lord gosh. Wife. Michelle is going to be back next week.
1: Oh, we miss her.
0: We miss her terribly.
1: We miss you, Michelle. Come back to us.
0: Thank you for listening to the sarcophag guys.
1: <laughs> That's what we are without Michelle. That's
0: what we are without
2: Michelle.
0: <laughs> All right. We'll see you next week. We'll catch you next time.